Well, I don't know if you caught this last week, but big news in the streaming world. Disney Plus surpassed Netflix for the first time in the race for subscribers. That for a service that made its debut back in November 2019. Uh, quite fortunate timing, if you think about it, heading into a time when most of us were stuck at home. They do have a remarkably good lineup, needless to say. Um, lots of high-profile content and, you know, the highest or at least most watched movie franchises around from Disney and Pixar to Star Wars and Marvel and so forth. But is the battle for streaming supremacy and subscribers at an end? Because it's come to at a big cost for companies themselves. Disney is hiking prices after losing money, even though it's been growing fast. So is Netflix. They're losing subscribers, or at least subscribers are, are flattened completely. So where is this all going? And what does it mean for us, the consumer? Because Needless to say, at a certain point, you're not going to have nine streaming services. I have five right now. Well, you know, Prime, because it's, it comes with Amazon. Apple, because I wanted to watch Ted Lasso and forgot to cancel it. Uh, Netflix, because I've had Netflix since the beginning. Um, and, uh, and a movie one, Criterion, which is awesome, but I don't watch it ever. Um, and one called DAZN, who just lost Premier League covers, so I'm not sure why I still have that one. And, and this is how it goes. You sort of have to be paying constant attention. Where is that show? Oh, that sounds good. Maybe I'll go sign up for that one. So will it get any better for us? That's, you know, will it get better? Or is it about to get worse as these companies look to consolidate and so forth? Well, joining me now with more on this is Blake Morgan. She's a senior contributor at Forbes and author of The Customer of the Future. Blake, thank you for your time tonight. Thank you. I am really excited to be here talking about a topic that I find really interesting, Ben. So, so Blake, I've been reading this week uh, that somehow the streaming wars are over, but it feels like, as you were saying, or as you've written, in fact, they're just changing and heating up. Well, I guess they would say the streaming wars are over because Disney seems to be the clear winner, adding 14.4 new subscribers in the last quarter only 100,000 of those subscribers are from North America and Netflix is losing subscribers and has been doing layoffs. So Disney believes it will be profitable by 2024. Clearly they have the whole flywheel going on. They have the content, they have action movies and so many franchise, so many programs that people just love and can't get enough of. And then they have the theme parks and the cruises and it all beautifully ties together and is interwoven with the content and the toy business and the, the travel. So Disney is absolutely rooted in the experience economy. And I believe that gives them a really big leg up. They have the muscle to be able to compete with a newcomer like Netflix that came out of nowhere and became a very successful $101 billion company. And if you remember Blockbuster, which if you go to your, your, your former Blockbuster, when you were a teenager, it is now probably a postal service office or a FedEx office. If you have that up in Canada, we do. Yeah. Yes. And so, I mean, Blockbuster had the chance to buy Netflix in the early two thousands for only $50 million. And they laughed the CEO and founder out of the building. And of course, Blockbuster is sad now that they didn't make that move because Netflix shows that any innovator can come out of nowhere and completely change the game. And that's what I predict will happen with streaming just as television disrupted radio and streaming disrupted television. I believe that at some point we will have a disruptor of streaming. And the reason is right now, 
the streaming wars are not creating a customer focused experience because if you want to watch a show that you love and you don't have access to it because you're not a subscriber, you have to pay for that entire subscription to watch one show. And then if you buy that show, it is insanely expensive. So to me, it's a very chaotic time. And I believe it's an amazing opportunity for an innovator to come in and create a loophole to these content and streaming wars yeah because anybody i mean we are we're all there right there's a show you want to watch on apple so you you get apple for a while then you realize there's something on prime that you'd like to watch then it's netflix and it's disney so you're left with all sort of jumping around to these different services all of which are relatively similar and of course with inflation customer I mean, consumers are having to make some choices these days so i imagine one of the first things they might look at is how many streaming services do i have and how good are they uh, so that kind of changes the dynamic a little bit i think as far as the customer is concerned yeah, I mean, if you look at the average cost of cable, at least in America, customers are paying around $217 per month for cable. And that's about the same as their utility bill, water, trash, sewage, all that stuff. So it really doesn't make sense financially for a customer to subscribe to a cable company anymore to buy channels that they don't watch. And of course, Disney is raising their rates to around $10.99 for the highest subscription. Netflix costs around $15 a month in the U.S., so it's much cheaper to subscribe to these platforms. Now, that said, if you subscribe to many of these streaming services, and I've counted there's almost 50 if you total them, that's quite a lot of money and your bill is creeping up to be almost as expensive as cable. And you're paying for tons of content that is not personalized that you actually don't want. So what is the real difference between cable and streaming services? It's not as uh, simple as we might think. So, so where to then from here? I've been reading a lot about bundling as being one of the next frontiers where they're trying to get uh, at least the companies, the streaming companies themselves, such as Disney, uh, are trying to get customers to buy into more, to get more um, for their, for, you know, to give, them, to give them more, but also to get them to pay more for it. Is that where we're headed? More bundles? Yeah, you know, you're hearing talks of companies like Walmart, that is the biggest employer in the world, Fortune One company, they are talking about partnering and adding a streaming service with the Walmart subscription, whether that is Comcast or Netflix or Apple. So we'll see who wins to get that really lucrative spot as a um as part of the Walmart package. But yeah, I mean, who? only time will tell. These companies want the muscle to be able to compete with each other. Comcast, you know, obviously it's a huge company. It's a very big and successful company with 200,000 employees, um, you know, versus Netflix has only 11,000 employees. If Microsoft buys Netflix, which they might, because the CEO of Netflix was once on the board of Microsoft. So they have a relationship. Microsoft could get back in, in front of the uh, consumer by acquiring Netflix. They already have a lot of gaming technology. And so that could happen. And then perhaps we'll see Microsoft competing in a very big way with these other, you know, Apple and Amazon. We'll see. What about ads? Because I mean, clearly they're trying to appeal to a whole broad section of consumers. I know that uh, subscriptions are flat, at least for, for Netflix, they certainly are. Um, what about offering different ways to keep prices down? Ads has been one of them, right? Yeah, I know Disney is releasing a new subscription that you can watch some ads. And so I think these streaming services are playing with pricing and how much can they get away with. 
but in in that though there must be a fear, as we mentioned earlier, that for customers, say you've already cut the cord, you don't have cable, and you're looking at your bills, and you have all these streaming services, um, you might opt to to take those ads in if you know you're going to pay half price per month for something like Netflix, for instance. Um, uh, you know, it might be enticing to some, and you wonder just how much they're trying to play with these revenue models now um, to try and make sure that customers don't bail on them. Yeah, I mean, they don't want customers to bail, but I think these streamers are only as good as their last show. And it's a tough business because the minute you stop creating compelling content, those subscribers are gone. And consumers have hungry appetites for content. And you notice probably yourself, everybody listening, you probably noticed during COVID, you were going back and watching shows from the 90s and the 2000s because there just wasn't enough good, fresh content being made. So again, you know, consumers are very fickle. It's like any relationship. When you stop adding value, the person on the other end might disappear. And I think in streaming, that's definitely, definitely the case. So how are we going to continue to innovate with fresh content that is relevant, that people actually want right now? Um, I think that is what these streaming companies are focusing on. But to me, the larger picture that's more interesting is who's going to disrupt streaming, not who is bigger in this moment. Um, when you look at, I, I guess one thing that has become clear though is that era, that early glorious era, era of of Netflix when it was inexpensive, lots of content. Um, that that era is probably done. We're gonna consumers are gonna have to start paying a little more uh, for those services. Period. We saw with Disney raising their prices this week, right? Yeah, and to be honest, people like me that you know that hour of television that I get you know, at night is very sacred and I would pay a premium for some of these shows are really incredible, incredible. And I think the best content today is putting, being put out by these streaming services, not by traditional television. The Emmys, uh, would, agree, the Emmys would agree. It was almost yes. all, all streaming, right? You know, no, absolutely. I think that's, uh, that's hands down. I guess it's just, it's just, you know, I, I feel like there was a time that it was sort of the glorious time of Netflix when they were all chasing subscribers. So, so getting as many subscribers as possible meant giving us the best deal possible, but it feels like that era has come to a bit of an end. Yeah, it's just like anything. Sometimes the person that invents the product doesn't really enjoy all of the benefits or the success. And somebody else comes in and provides a very similar product that's just a little bit better and can scale faster. And unfortunately, that is just what happens. I mean, Netflix was a first mover. Then Disney comes in. Obviously, they have the muscle to scale. They have you know, incredible franchises that they can make money off of. And then the experience economy angle with their theme parks and their cruises and people are back in those theme parks, theme parks. So I think people really want experiences today, whether that's incredible content that they're thinking about, even when they're chatting with their family and friends at the next day after they've watched it, or if they're experiencing something live in person. And I think people especially are looking for that escapism and they're looking for value. And the company that can provide those two things, entertainment and value will ultimately win. So what might this disruptor look like, Blake, when you talk about disruptor? Because I think most of us back in the blockbuster days, for instance, when you used to have to go to the video store, couldn't have imagined the wealth of stuff you could get streaming these days. Uh, what will what will five years from now look like? If Who could disrupt and how would they disrupt? Well, if you think about what the customer today wants, they just want to be able to watch the show that they love. They don't care what platform it's on. In fact, do you ever find yourself, if you're a cable cutter like me, 
turning on the TV and you can't remember which streaming platform has your favorite show and you have to go hunting and maybe use the voice activated assistant to find that show. So customers today don't care which platform their favorite show is on. They just really want the show that they love. So a disruptor is a company that would come in and possibly aggregate all of the shows or find a loophole to provide all of these shows, no matter which platform, the idea that a customer would buy a show for like $6 an episode is insane. And I think like Amazon prime does that. And it's like laughable. Like who's actually paying that much for content. It's ridiculous. It's like the one person, I don't even know. I feel like the 1% wouldn't even do that. It's like, so ridiculous. What's amazing about how it's described is if you had someone to aggregate all those comp- all those different streaming companies together that offer you all those shows, that sounds a bit like cable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It does sound uh, like cable. But, you know, often with these things, it's something we can't even imagine, but it usually starts like Apple products. It starts with a need or a desire. Like when we first had the iPod to listen to music on the go, or even Spotify being able to personalize music. Spotify wasn't the first, remember Pandora that had ads and it just wasn't very user-friendly. I mean, Spotify completely changed the game, but took something that people really love, which is music and music that they love, added some machine learning and AI to not just personalize it, but take it a step further where you probably have a playlist in your Spotify right now that is unique to you based on your, when you were young, when you were in high school and the music of that time and other preferences in AI, they've created something that you could go into your Spotify right now and find it. And I think that's where these innovators are coming out of. They're looking at something and going, huh, well, that experience seems like it could use a little work. Uh, let's apply this other idea to that. And then you have a completely blue, new blue ocean, a completely new industry like Uber or Airbnb. Yeah. So streaming is here to stay. What it will look like, we're not quite sure yet. Blake Morgan, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ben.